Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. We're going to talk about season two, episode 16, and we're going to ask, are there antibiotics for that ghost infection? We're going to talk about distilled spirits of the devil's backbone. And damn those boys, dig fast. Let's do this. week's episode of devil's trap podcast i'm diana and i'm liz and this week we're going to talk about season two episode 16 roadkill roadkill well it's very sad there's not enough roadkill in this i was expecting like more like you know dead things on the road like a squirrel well, oh, squirrels. Yeah, it's sad. Squirrel. yeah we don't like well i mean no i'm sorry squirrel people like you know i mean i, I like watching my squirrels but they're dicks yeah, I don't matter too. They taunt my dogs. Well, and the squirrels are the reason why my contacts are burning this morning. <laughs> so true. I texted <gasps> Diana this morning and I was like, you want to wake up, go feed your birds with their hot pepper bird feeder and forget that that dust just settles on your fingers and it's cayenne pepper and then put your contacts in. Oh. And yeah, I was like, oh, oh, I, why do I, I, why do awake. I, am a, I don't need that coffee now. Well, I needed the coffee, but. Um, always always need the coffee yeah that sounds unpleasant but i learned something from that today because i didn't know that birds like hot and spicy stuff but the squirrels do not i don't know if this birds like the hot and spicy they, just, they just they just don't mind it okay and squirrels won't eat it um at least i haven't seen them and that's whatever all the, the bird people say so okay. yes i feed the birds in my in my yard because i've got many birds and i could talk hours about them but it's really sad and lonely okay one that we won't talk about my birds um how was your week diane it was good it was good um lots of little bits of excitement um i will uh talk about it at a later date but um duchess my car was an extra in a film filming last week which is pretty freaking cool but i will talk more about that at a later date and then secret secret squirrel not a secret roadkill squirrel no and then I got neurotoxins injected in my face by choice. Um, Liz is judgy about it, but I don't care. It makes me happy. I, I am first. not, I don't know if I'm judgy no. per se. I also just don't think that you, that she needs it, right? I think her face is beautiful. And I, I think that's something for like maybe later on in your it's, life. And if you start it now. Preventative. It's partially preventative. I mean, so is moisturizer. Put, put yeah. a fucking moisturizer, some sunscreen I on do, your face. I do that too. But yeah, so I uh, got Juvo injections last week for the first time. It's like basically she got a hot beef injection. No, wait, that's, that's <laughs> not. <laughs> And then I got to go see some bands, some amazing Dallas um, musicians played on Friday night. And it was in conjunction with the State Fair of Texas and State Fair Records. <gasps> so there were corny dogs and I got a picture with Little Big Tex. And so- I didn't was, know the State Fair was open. Oh, not State yet, Fair's not open. Yet. Oh, it's okay. not yet, not yet. It's part of their countdown to it because okay. State Fair Records, which is a local record label, helps do the music um, programming for the State Fair of Texas. Not all of it, but some of it because State Fair of Texas has- smartly refocused a lot of their music programming to be texas artists which only makes sense in my opinion but it didn't in the past so in the past few years they've done this and then um so yeah i got to see some great friends play music and have some beverages and eat some corn dogs and that was good times and then uh yeah that was my i mean I had a, that was a good night friday night and then um I guess my other like got to hang out with friends and family and go to a little bridal tea and then celebrate um, one of my uh, uh, stepson's birthdays with him. My other one's out of town, so yeah, very you know it's a good weekend. There was there were drinks, there were pool time, there was steaks and cake, and that's all good shit. So yeah, hey, that's a good weekend. Yeah, living the high life. Yeah, fancy over here, just socializing. Yeah, super fancy. Crazy. 
corn corn dogs and cake this weekend. That's all and that matters. A new, and a new cowboy hat too. So oh, you are yeah, a fancy I just Texan. Got a new, I just got a new cowboy hat. It's so pretty. They picked it out without me, my husband and my stepson. They went to their see um, Stetson Resistol um, outlet and they do like the shaping of the hats and all that up um, in Garland here and um, outside of Dallas. And they, uh, they have an outlet store. And so the guys wanted to go look at hats this afternoon. So they went and looked at hats and they were out there like, well, we, what are you looking for? And I told them kind of what I had in mind and I get a text, we found your hat, you're going to love it. And there's like that moment of, they are so confident. You're like, you're nervous. You're like, oh fuck, what did you do? What did you buy? And I like checked the bank account real quick to see how much he spent. Cause I was a little <laughs> nervous too. <laughs> I'm like, oh fuck, how many hats does everybody get in here? But it's beautiful. It's this beautiful white um, rabbit felt cowboy hat. I think you should post a picture of it on the IG because it is really pretty. And I think for, for boys, they did a really good job. Good job, boys. And it's got, oh, and I have to send you a close up on the side of it. It's a little rhinestone buckle that has a green rhinestone in it. Ooh. I know, which is so me too. So excellent job. They were like almost sure that they saw that little like buckle on the band. They're like, definitely her. Because if you didn't know, I'm Slytherin. So there we go. Very cool. So yeah, tell me about you because yeah, I know you have a super secret adventure. I bet you're gonna keep it secret until we get to a little bit later in our episode, though. Um, I'm going to keep the adventure secret until we get to lore, but I think we're gonna do that pretty early in this episode. So I, I will I will confess all the things that I did on Sunday then. But Saturday I spent five hours getting my hair done. Um uh, because yeah, Being so Diana, yeah, so Diana got toxins in her face, and I bleached out all my hair and redyed it the exact same color. Like you so, do. Like, like you do. You do. Um, I also have a hairdresser who does not believe that she can just put red on my hair. I'm like, no, nah, you can really just put red on this hair. It, it it'll it'll take it. She's like, nah, we need to lighten it. I'm like, all, all right, right, bitch, whatever. Like, you just, wa- <laughs> you just want to charge me by the hour, so. Not, I don't, she's not, she's not right that way. So, um, that was, that was partial. That was most of my Saturday. Cause by the time that got done, I was like, Oh, look couch and whatever shit I'm watching on Netflix. I have no idea what I watched, but yep. So that was my weekend. We'll get to the rest of it in a little bit. Mm. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Diana? I am drinking, uh, the end of our stock of gin D J I N N how it's spelled from uh, our friends at high rum in a really modified take on a bee's knees because I didn't have lemons and I didn't want to drink something out of a coupe glass. So (laughs) it's basically really good gin with a little bit of honey and lime juice because that's what I had and some Topo Chico. Why don't they make those coupe glasses bigger? Because I mean, I love them. I feel elegant when I'm drinking out of them, but I'm like, yeah. this is, I will finish this shit in like 10 minutes. It's, yeah, I'm like, is this a shot glass? She feels like a challenge. I don't know. Um, and I like to, when I, sometimes I like, I prefer to like sip a cocktail with ice in it for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that's just me. I'm also the asshole that likes my like martinis on the rock sometimes and bartenders sometimes judge me or they get it. One of the two. But yeah. yeah. How about you? What are you drinking? I am drinking a Bordeaux, but it is a Bordeaux that according to the sign in the specs, that is, so as everyone orders, Bordeaux are French, um, but the winemakers are Texan. And I looked on their site and I did verify the people who met it, who made it, uh, they did meet in Texas. Um, and it's a Liberation de Paris Bordeaux 2019. Like, uh, pretty, like, I love a shitty Bordeaux. Um, it's, that sounds bad, but I mean, it's like, it's like a $20 bottle or something, nothing crazy, but I always forget. You always turn me on to Bordeaux. And then when I go wine shopping, I always forget how much I enjoy them. Cause we have them together frequently. Like when yeah. we're out like a lot of times. So I gotta remember that. I have a pretty new one much, to try. I'm pretty if, excited yeah. about it. I'll tell you about next week. Maybe I knew why. Yeah. If you, j- if you just go into the store and you just see anything that says Chateau Blanc, like whatever behind that, it's generally <laughs> going to be fine. Chateau de something. And you'll like probably it. be fine with Bordeaux. That that is Liz's wine tip for the day. Find <laughs> something that says Chateau to something, and you'll probably be cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I know what I, the other thing I want to tell you. I spent all day finishing booking up my trip to LA, and I actually took all five, like taking all five days off of work 
and the day after I get back. I am finally what? booked, took the day after no. I go on vacation back. You never do that. And I'm so bad about it too. I'm very proud of you. I, yeah, I am terrible at it. You need a it. day to get back and settled in. Cause you know, you're going to check your work shit. You know, you're going to, but at least you're not I'm overwhelmed to, with it then. You can kind of clean it up and prep it for your actual day back. You can do fucking laundry. You can chill on the sofa and go grocery shopping and all that dumb stuff that you have to do when you get back in town from a more than like a two day trip, you know, it's like more than that. You just need some time. Yeah. And I was very annoyed because I spent all this time going back and forth between hotel, Airbnb, hotel, Airbnb. And I wanted to stay somewhere near West Hollywood or somewhere near Wilshire because I have two concerts that I'm going to. Mm. One is Tiger Army and the other is Twin Temple, my favorite satanic doo-wop band. I'm so excited. They just played their first show since COVID in Vegas last weekend mm. at the, the Metal Psycho Festival. I had some yeah. friends go but I don't think they caught them, but I saw pictures from it and they looked great. And so, and, but so I did all this thing that finally I was like, okay, I found this Airbnb and it's like, it's above a Trader Joe's. It's got a pool and it's got a bathtub. That's the main thing is I have to have a bathtub in my hotel now. Cause I want to be able to take a, a good like bubble bath when I'm on vacation and go through and finally I'm like all right I'm just gonna book the Airbnb and I book it and then like an hour later I get a message from the host that we're not available and I'm like fuck you why does your Airbnb say that you're available if you're not it was like do you know how long it spent me to like going through thousands of listings it's not like you just like clicked this one out of the blue and booked it yeah no I have been looking at these Airbnbs for weeks and like trying and like comparing the prices to hotels and then I was just like ah so I finally and then I went through and finally just booked through my normal one that I have status with. And I'm staying in the Beverly Hills. Really? So I'm staying at the, I'm not going to tell you what hotel I'm staying at, but I'm staying okay. at like, <laughs> well, okay. I guess you guys, want, if you want to stalk me at a hotel in Beverly Hills. Sure. Cool. Yeah. You, you really just gives, want Just gives you more cred at that point. It's not really even scary at that point. It's just like, yeah, it's legit. Yeah. So, and we'll see. And then of course, like I did like trip insurance on everything. Uh, flights were still really, really cheap. Really? Um, I ended up getting uh, first class tickets for pretty, pretty, pretty cheap. Uh, mainly because Southwest doesn't, if Southwest had a nonstop, I would have just gone with them, but they don't have a nonstop. And um, I just really like nonstops. Like it's just, it's just better. Like, like if I'm gonna have like a layover, it's gotta be like really fucking worth it or the only option. Yeah, I mean, it's generally only option, <laughs> you know, I could have flown on spirit for $50. So, and I was like, I know well, someone that did recently. My problem is I can't pack that light. Well, and you to still have to pay. Yeah. You still have to pay for your bags and other yeah. stuff. And, you know, it was like, well, I might as well use the one that I get the points for blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, travel life. Yeah, which, you know, and we'll see what, you know, what's happening at the end of October. And now I have to I get on about it. The world's going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. I know. I just I have like things to do. I have things to do. It has to be. <laughs> I know. But I mean, now, oh, oh, the other thing that I did this week, and I haven't told my, my best friend uh, yet that I it was able to snag VIP tickets for punk rock bowling. Ooh. So now I have to sell the other ones because I'm pretty much I just like threw out a bunch of money this week and it was just like <laughs> take all my money. I'm going all the places to do all the things. Here we go. Well, I already had tickets for punk rock bowling, but I did not have um the VIP. And with the VIP, you get re-entry. And well, that is cute. why I wanted it. money well spent. Money well spent. I was spent. like, I don't want to be stuck in an outside anywhere. venue. Anywhere. Yeah, but not real. I'm a fucking adult. I want to leave and come back. I want to shower. I want to go hang out at a pool. I want to do other things. So I haven't told him yet. So and while, and while you are at um, punk rock bowling, I will. You'll be in, in Vegas at punk rock bowling, and I'll be in Nashville at Americana Fest, which I'm deeply amused by the overlap here of these. Well, you festivals. know, it's the same. Okay. Yeah. Same. Yeah, totally the same. I'll get to wear my hat. <laughs> Yeah, and I was able, like, almost all the after-hour parties have been sold out for uh, Punk Rock Bowling, and I did snag tickets to go see El, El Mariachi de Bronx, Ooh, and they so are, good. So they're good. so good, they're so also good. opening for Tiger Army when I go see them in LA, okay. so, yeah, I'm so, jealous. <sighs> yeah. Okay. so I'll I'm gonna, get, I'm, gonna get a, I'm gonna get a wild hair and just, like, show up in LA on your trip, 
I have an extra ticket that's one temple. Okay, so let's talk about this episode. We'll stop rambling on about our lives. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully you find us interesting because we think we're really interesting. There we go. Fascinating. All right, so tell us about season two, episode 16, Roadkill. So um, not a whole lot of new information. So as we know, it's season two, episode 16. This first aired March 15th, 2007. Uh, Charles Beeson directed it. Um, He's the same guy who did the fucking doll episode. Um, And then he'll do a bunch of other episodes after this. And it was written by Rael Tucker. And I'm a terrible podcast host. I forgot to look into the background. So we're just going, yeah. Well, I will say that this episode kicks off with the animals song, House of the Rising Sun. And we see a woman driving late at night with her significant other. And this woman is none other than Trisha Helfer, who plays Charlotte in Lucifer, which I also adore. So I like her. I like her a lot. And I was really happy about that. Didn't not didn't click. Did I was like, not I know her. Click. I know her. I know her. So I had to look up. I was like, I know who this is. And I was dying because sh- I, I love the show Lucifer also. So I was really excited to see her. Obviously, much younger. And I did a little background. Apparently, she was a model, a Canadian model before she got into acting. Boom. There you yeah. go. She also has. I have a note on her too. Is like I really like her outfit in this. Like she get like at least like the bottom half. Like she gets out in these really nice bootcut jeans and this cute pair of cowboy boots. Fits just right. And then it's and like a satin just, jacket. She's wearing like a satin jacket, which is pretty sick too. Yeah, and I, I okay. kind of went back and forth on a satin jacket, but I was like, eh, I think I like it. Yeah, but I mean, overall, I thought the whole outfit was on par. So, and it's going. And then, and then her significant other in the car with her, uh, we find out. His, well, so that's Molly is um, Trisha Helper's character, and then David is the gentleman in the car with her, paid by Dan Gauthier, who I looked up and he looked kind of familiar. And I couldn't place it. It's not from anything specific. He's just basically been in one episode of like every program ever made, going all the way back to Punky Brewster, um, Friends, Criminal Minds, like anything you can think of. He's been in like one episode of ever. I'm like, <laughs> How you, just look, you just look generally familiar then. Okay, so FYI, that's if you, he looks familiar to you, that's why. No knock on him. Do it, make, you know, have your career. It's just, it's just funny. Uh, all right, so they're driving. It's late at night. He has the map. It's the very, um, you know, the trope of the man who is getting, the woman's driving. He's getting them lost and looking at the map, thinks they're on Highway 99 and doesn't want to stop for directions. And then there's a joke about men and not asking for directions. Well, which is fair. Um, but also, I think it points out how early this was, like, right? Like, you think about time-wise, so they didn't actually put a date on there of when this happened. Right. But I think that's a pretty good symbol. Like, there is no GPS. Yeah. There's, oh, he's just true. looking at a map. I didn't even think of that. Oh, man. Good catch. Oh. Anyway, so he's talking about how they're taking the scenic route, and then they realize that they're on Highway 41, not Highway 99. And he just gets really sweet and apologetic, like, like he should be uh, for getting them lost on their anniversary <laughs> and like kisses her and she gets all distracted and they see a man standing in the road with like his innards falling out of his guts and she screams and they crash down a hill into the woods and it cuts to black. Wait, with her gut, was his guts already falling out? I thought so. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I think no, he, he was, was just, the, oh, just he a man was, on the road there. Okay, he was just a man on the road. Yeah. Okay. And sorry. Then she, ah! Yeah. Spoiler. Anyways, so she screams and crashes the car, like, and you can like see this coming a mile away because they're like, no, no driving pun intended, but like there's like the, oh, there's the curvy <laughs> road sign. There's the, he's lost, and they're now she's distracted. I'm like, oh fuck, they're about to crash into <laughs> something. Also, like, I'm sorry, maybe it's just me and my freak, like I freak out driving when it's snowy and i see like i would be like two hands on the wheel just like white buckling it like there's ice around this corner i know there's not black ice ice. it was just slightly misty out (sighs) it was was snowing there was snow everywhere which implies that the snow would have melted it would have formed black ice and you would got around that corner and you would have swerved and died so and as she did see she fucking did so yeah two hands on the well, wheel pay attention motherfuckers she we we she wakes up in the car and like has like you know banged up a little bit and he's not there she crawls out looking for him and starts walking around and yelling but she starts like walking in one direction and my first comment was how the how do you pick a direction to go you're just fucking wandering off into the woods yelling this is not smart Anyways, you either well, stay where your also, car is or you go up to the road. Pick one. And but not- also with all the snow, I mean, like that satin jacket, that's also what they go as like, you know, it's like, that, you're going to be cold as shit. Like, it's like, well, I guess, you know, shock, adrenaline, whatever. Yeah. So 
she finds some like barn cabin thing and it has a light in it so she like knocks and goes in and there's um because of course in this show everybody just goes in places if the door is unlocked like there's <laughs> yeah, no she knocked, nobody answers like i'm just gonna walk open this door in. and go in that's just that's what they do in supernatural so and then there's like all these weird farm implements and knives and some blood and then she sees the back of the man that she thought she was going to hit and he's standing in a corner with his back to her and she gets closer to him. We see the camera reveals to us, the viewer, that his guts are falling out <laughs> from his stomach. And he I, turns, said it. I wrote his belly be full of maggots. <laughs> and he turns to face her and his face starts kind of like getting all like creepy, rotten looking. And she screams and it cuts. Yeah. So and a couple of things, you know, is as we learn later that this is just a hunting cabin, right? He's not a serial killer. And they right. made this look very and I've been did. In a I lot was of, confused. I was like, what the fuck is this creeper? I've been in a lot of hunting cabins. Um, you don't put why are you cutting that shit up on your table? You do that outside. Because the Did cabin you, is where like you like sleep. You want it to be like comfy and not disgusting. Mostly, right? I mean, that's not. I stayed in a hunting cabin before. My, my <laughs> great, great great uncle Henry had a hunt, turkey hunting cabin up way far north Virginia and stayed in. So, yeah. So there you go. she goes, ah! and she runs, but she runs back off to the woods. Yeah, because she, now she's going to run, you know, with no direction in mind, the other direction, because that's. Yeah, my that's, note says Molly runs through the woods to the woods. I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I mean, it's accurate. She's not going any fucking direction. So, yeah. Uh, so she, but somehow she ends up back at the road and she yells at a car to stop standing in the middle of the road, which always worries me too. I'm like, some, I would not do that. I would get hit anyways, but it's baby and the Winchesters. So she tries to tell them what happened. And <clears throat> Dean says, did he look like he lost a fight with a lawnmower? <laughs> was, she's like, how did you know? But like, it's a really weird question. So Sam really wants to take her to town, but she refuses until she finds her husband and um and they want to go back to her car but they go and her car is gone boom, boom, boom. so oh, really yeah. at this point in the episode if you've never seen this episode before like me you're like oh fuck this guy's like some crazy fucking thing that's like killing people on the highway i'm like i don't know what he is but he's some kind of creature anyway so they have some weird back and forth about we need to get out of here the, the brothers do and they have like a little back and forth again about telling her the truth but basically they decide it's better just to convince her to come with them by saying they're going to go find the cops. And she's upset, you know, rightfully so. I think the last time she's last thing she said to her husband, um, yeah, her husband, um, that was that she called him a jerk and they're driving with her in the car. She thinks to go talk to the cops and all of a sudden house of the rising sun starts playing on the radio on its own. Also, you know, Molly being like the last thing I said to him was that you're a jerk. I was like, no, you guys were made up. You made up. You were canoodling. Like you weren't, unless I guess, you know, but we well, were it was, like, it was a like, playful, like a uh, jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is fine. That's, that's endearing. Nope. It's not like you fucking jerk. It's different. So, yep. and then, so the song starts playing. She's like, wait, this was playing when we crashed. And then the radio dial starts moving on. So that shit freaks me out, by the way. I don't like that. I'm not my not a fan and you hear this like weird voice saying she's mine and they look up and the guy is in the street again because this guy can't stay out of the fucking road apparently yep so that's just what he does he hangs out in the road that's what you do so dean accelerates and drives right through him and he dissipates like a spirit whoa now we know this guy's a spirit so do you think that he dissipated because of the iron in baby interesting call possibly that was my thought i mean because otherwise i mean why didn't he just like jump but molly's still in the car so okay there may be a problem i don't know okay go on (laughs) yeah so um molly starts kind of freaking out and like and sam keeps telling her it's going to be all right then all of a sudden baby starts sputtering and that is not cool not baby and slows down breaks down like, I was like, baby is making sad, sad noises. Sad, sad, sad car noises. And so they, we get to go see a really good look at Trunk, though. Team Trunk! Hey, Trunk! And Molly is freaked the fuck out by Trunk. Team Trunk! Yes. Probably rightfully so that she is freaked out by Trunk. Uh, so, yeah. Um, 
They, it would uh, make me feel better if I was going to go into a woods. And granted, I'm with strange guys and they open up their trunk. But I mean, if they're not ashamed of what's in there, then I'm like, you're probably not going to kill me. Like, you're probably going to use these weapons to help me. But so Dean tells her basically that they are already hunting for ghosts and that um, this guy is Jonah Greeley. He was a local farmer who haunts the road once a year. She still wants to bail. She's like, y'all are still fucking crazy. Fuck this shit. I'm out. But he, Dean explains that you're not going to get out of here uh, on your own from Farmer Roadkill is what he calls him. Do you like Farmer Roadkill? And then, yeah. And Sam says, you know, like every year really find someone to punish for that. And this night it's you. And some spirits only see what they want. But, you know, I think if we're going to do this, you know, we're talking about a haunted road. We need to talk about some other haunted roads. Like I said, we're going to get to some things early. So we're going right into lore now. Ooh, all right. And also because I know Diana is pens on needles. I'm like, what the fuck did you do this weekend? I know, she wouldn't, you sent me a picture and you wouldn't tell me what we were doing. But okay. Well, I lore. Was like, it was, lore. I was like, you could figure it. Like, I realized what I sent you, you could probably tell. So we are going to talk about a very infamous stretch of haunted highway in Texas, known as the Devil's Backbone. Dun, dun, dun. So the Devil's Backbone is also called Diablo Espinosa or Spenny Devil. So this is a, basically, it's a scenic loop, um, which is out in the hill country. And so the hill country of Texas, for those of you who don't know, is, is, it's full of hills. That's, that's why it's called the hill country. Um, so, it's, but there's- It's, 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 it's uh, west of Austin, uh, west and north of Austin is where the hill country mostly like covers that part of the- South. Country. We're talking about a south of Austin. Oh, okay, well, south. Because- but all that whole stretch around that to the west of Austin. Yeah. So basically there is a scenic loop and if you look at it, you get to see this ridge and there's this giant ridge that like forms above this and it's really badass. Like if you ever go look, it's just, it's fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, we can certainly go. Um, and it's also one of those things, like, I'm really glad I did this because, you know, it reminded me why I live here because really this only took me like 30 minutes to get there from my house. So, um, so the ridge itself was is really like throughout history been a mystic place. Um, the old the Native Americans or you know whatever we want to call uh, you know first tribes uh, first people first nation whatever um, they've been using that area for a long time. They used to use it as like a lookout point to like see like if there were any enemies coming in. There are a lot of battles that were fought there like over time uh, before this first Spanish settlers came to Texas. You know other people did live here. I know that's shocking. Um, for for the most part, it was mostly Comanche because they were the hardcore badasses, and they had a lot of battles with you know the Kiowa, the Caddo, and the Apache. So many many battles, many many dead people. And a lot of the legends that are around the backbone involve encounters with different Native American spirits. And generally, they're thought to be those of the Comanche. And so we're going to talk about some of those legends, and they're all really fun. Um, okay, fun to me, probably not to other people, but I think they're great. Um, so one story, there, it, there was a hunter, his name was John Mears. Uh, he kept hearing footsteps walk. He was, uh, he was out hunting in a tree stand. And he was like, so if those of you who don't hunt, uh, so there's different ways that you kind of stalk your, you stalk your deer. Um, So tree stands are pretty much what they sound like. People build these platforms up in trees and we've had them at our ranches and I'm not fucking going up in them because you basically like climb, you basically put a ladder up this tree and then you have a platform and you hang out on this platform and then you can have, you know, the, the advantage of seeing your, your prey as it comes in. Um, But I don't like heights and I'm not going to do that because especially because like most of them don't have like rails safety rails around them and to me I'm like I'm not going to lean over something and like have a gun with a kickback like this just seems a way for me to be clutch or also like I'm just clutchy and I'm just going to trip and fall out of this thing so anyway so John is like up in his tree stand and while he's sitting up there he keeps hearing something that sounds like somebody is just circling around the bottom and he's looking out over it he can't like see anybody there but he just hears his footsteps going around in a circle a circle he's like what the fuck is happening and finally like they stop 
And he's like, okay. And he's like, I'm, I guess we're done. And he hasn't gotten any deer. So he's going to go back to his hunting cabin. So he walks down, gets climbs on his ladder and he starts walking back. And he's like, I don't feel like I'm alone. And he looks over and then he sees a dark skinned shirtless man. And which is also really odd because as some people know, deer season here is in the middle of winter and it was 20 degrees out. So there is a dark skin man um, and he's wearing buckskin breeches and he's got war paint on and he's like, uh, what? <laughs> like, so he just kept walking and this guy just kept walking parallel to him. And he's like, he just like, I, he didn't seem like he wanted to cause me any harm. He was just kind of curious and like, who the fuck are you? Like, what are you doing here? And so they kind of walk back and finally he like, he turns, he's like, I'm going to walk towards this guy. And he walks towards him and he vanishes. I would be very upset. Uh, So another of the infamous stories comes from Burt Wall. And a lot of the accounts we have, uh, if you've like researched this on the internet, um, they come from Burt. Um, He wrote a book on the devil's backbone. um, And he was also on the Unsolved Mysteries episode of this. Um, By the way, I, I looked up the wrong episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And I saw this really great episode where there is a cat that went on, like this family was moving and they were moving with like 10 cats and they were in the, like the, like the front of this cat of a truck and the window was open and the cat escaped and they couldn't find the cat and then like they just eventually left i'm like i would never leave my cat but so they eventually left and they like went like so they went to their new home that was like 250 miles away from there and the cat found them that's crazy Cats i mean persistent. the cat was pissed well it was like a place <laughs> the cat the cat like had never been there it was a new place he just found the owner and i may have cried while i was watching the episode yeah. anyways okay so burt he was so he's a writer and he was in his cabin he was writing a story and he heard his dogs barking and he looked outside his window and he saw a spanish monk and the monk was dressed in clothing that he guessed was from like the 1700s and Mm. after a few minutes he vanishes and Bert believes that the monk was the ghost of a franciscan monk named espinoza who lived in the area over 300 years ago how Bert found this out i don't know that's very specific it's very specific, but somehow Bert like, did research and found this. Whatever. Good, good on you, Bert. Um, there is another instance that happened when a ranch hand was using his bunk. And like he, like there's a bunch of other ranch hands sleeping in there, but he woke up because you've heard like horses hooves. And so he went outside and then he saw like 15 to 20 Confederate soldiers riding by in horses. And he was like, what the fuck? And there's a reenactment. Like, is it reenactment weekend? Yeah, he was like, what the hell was going on? And then they just disappeared. So they saw that. He also had a friend that uh, was out. This is a really great story and it's kind of weird. All right. So there's this guy named John Villarreal and he was out hiking with some friends and then he saw like a wolf and he was like, and there's no wolves here in Texas, by the way, no, like, not for a very coyotes? long time. No. Coyotes. Yes. But they tiny. Tiny. You, you know, there was a coyote and a wolf. Oh, yeah. like they, yeah. they, they, very, very different. different. Very different. Yep. So he sees this wolf and then like the wolf jumps on him and he's like yelling and like none of his friends saw anything. And the wolf just like jumps through him and he's telling his friends, like, did you see this wolf? And they're like, no. So they take him and they're like, they're leaving and they get into their truck. And like the guy who was with him in the truck was like, it just got very cold. It was like, I was sitting next to a block of ice. They mm-hmm. get back to their house. And Villarreal goes into a trance and he starts convulsing and growling and snorting. And he's mumbling in some language that he doesn't know. They think it was like a mix of like Spanish and like maybe Apache or Comanche. Mm -hmm. And he started talking about the Native American massacres and other things that had happened on the backbone. And this lasted until there was a strong gust of wind that blows through the house. And then he just went back to normal. I'd be really upset if one of us did that when we're hanging out. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I promise not to get possessed by a wolf ghost. Please don't. Please uh, don't I, get I promise by a wolf ghost. Yep. Uh, there's also a Native American ghost, often seen herding cattle on the backbone. And his name, everyone just names him Drago. I don't know where that name comes from, but it also reminds me of Drafo or Draco. And I'm just like, it's a Malfoy. And so like, there's Native American uh, Malfoy, and he's just herding his cattle up along the ridge. Uh, ranchers also talk, uh, tell stories of a widow and a child of a miner who was killed. I don't know where the fuck mines are here, but okay, yeah, sure, I guess we have mines. Um, and supposedly she's wandering and looking for a burial for her child's husband and father. 
so there's that. So there's like, so Devil's Backbone is gorgeous. And off of 306 is Purgatory Road. And literally something named road, Purgatory Road because we're Texan and we're awesome. So like, I've got many pictures of Purgatory Road. Um, so it said that if you drive on there, um, there will be like an apparition that appears in the hood of your car as you're driving. Nobody jumped on Little Beastie. I looked, there was there was no ghosts on my car. It's very sad. So you didn't get you didn't get an apparition visit i did not um but ghost hunters are often like in this area and they see like shadow people and they have evp recordings of like things that are going on this road uh, but it's also so infamous there are tons of songs that have been written about this area including john arthur arthur martinez and my, one of my favorites ray wiley hubbard and and ray wiley hubbard's song about it um he has there's a there's a verse in there that says now just past the cemetery with its chumped over tombstones there's a little tavern that's called the devil's backbone and it's got your distilled spirits and tennessee sour mash and a little sign that says in god we trust all others pay cash uh so as part of my adventure because i will do many things for this podcast i went and drank at the devil's backbone i unfortunately such a, such a sacrifice making such, the sacrifice such a sacrifice um i did want to go see a band that was playing there but i stopped at riley's in the backbone so there's two riley's taverns in this area so those of you who don't know hayes county the, the zip code for hayes county is 78666 uh, so that's always been a thing uh, i went to college in Hayes County. So um, I know that very well. And I used to always enjoy writing that on anything. Where's what's your address? 78666. Um, so Devil's Backbone Tavern, though, uh, is a really cool place. Uh, it's on Ranch Road 32. It's near Fisher. And this is from their website. So the history dates back to the late 1890s when the first stone room was built for a blacksmith shop and a stagecoach stop at the base of a treacherous trail. After prohibition, the sale of alcoholic beverages, particularly beer, became licensed in the early 1936. Since Hayes County was dry, <sighs> I can't imagine Hayes County being dry. I'm sorry, I'm going to go through a little thing. Because <sighs> pretty much all my colleges spent drinking. Um, so they basically, there was no other means to get alcohol there. So they opened up a tavern and the tavern was built next to the old blacksmith shop, just behind the, behind the case coming line in 1937 In 1950s, a service station and a package store building was added. And shortly after the dance hall was constructed, the dance hall, like the, so there's a, you go in and there's like the bar area and there's the, just the dance hall area and the dance hall area is fucking awesome. Uh, so it's a bar area, but including like great Colt, Colt 45 signs with Billy D. Williams on them. Love it. Um, and the venue just became like an attraction for, and this is again on the website, the venue became a rare attraction for anything you needed, including a cold beer, a tire change, or an ass whipping with local and touring bands drawing crowds to the dance hall during its heyday for music and dancing. Oh. And of course it's haunted. <laughs> it's so haunted. Yeah. So the lights are known to flicker on and off for no reason. Uh, glasses and tableware move. The jukebox is said to be haunted. It always seems to have a mind of its own. Doors and windows often close by themselves and there's wet footprints left around the place when nobody is there. Ghosts will often appear as apparitions or they'll poke and prod customers and employees as well as run fingers through their hair. Unfortunately, no ghosts ran fingers through my hair. There was a really there was a really drunk lady next to me though who was really mad and said uh something like dipping your dick isn't the only form of cheating uh, she was screaming at this man and it was hysterical by the way this was also like three o'clock in the afternoon and she <laughs> and she like turns me she's like i'm fucking wasted i'm like yeah you are you are you are so drunk um Yes, ma'am. Not going to yes, argue with you. Not going to argue with you. You you are indeed very, very inebriated drunk. in the afternoon. Um, no, no judgment. No judgment here. Just an observation. Um, just an observation. Um, so. Uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, Robert Kelly, whose picture hangs in the wall next to other pictures of customers who have since gone to the other side. Um, he was known to have an attitude. And so twice the story goes, his picture fell and hit his former girlfriend in the head as she was talking shit about him. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Um, so there's also like, 
tons, like I said, there's tons of musicians who've written about this. Todd Snyder has a really great, uh, great song. It is a story of the ballad of the Devil's Backbone Tavern. You can look that up on YouTube. Um, you could also go find, I'll post this link in there. There's a video just like the backbone with some random reggaeton. And I'm like, why are you playing reggaeton? There's it's- actually like songs about this and you pick some random reggaeton song. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. I'll, I'll post the link to that though. But so I just want to end the story on that with, so Burt Wall says that the devil's backbone is haunted because it is loved by the spirits and that when he dies, he's going to haunt it too. And that is the devil's backbone. Good to have uh, a plan. Good to have a plan. It's good to have a plan. Um, yeah. So it's an incredible area. It is like really a favorite spot for bikers because it's just like twisty and curvy and like a fun place to ride. It was a fun place to drive through. There were lots of bikers um, like in both in both Riley's and at Devil's Backbone. And uh, one of them was like, damn, that guy looks like Jason Momoa. And I was like, have I had too many Lone Stars? And I was like, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, that biker looks really hot it is time for me to go (laughs) uh i want to go we'll have to go um to to our list when we come down next uh when i when babe and i come down in october yeah i mean they have you know really good bands that come through there uh both at riley the really good bands play at riley's too um but yeah, the afternoon bands and evening bands, and it's just, it really is a fucking honky tonk. Uh, yeah, they yeah. have embraced everything about, like, there's, like, you can get bandanas and t-shirts with devils on them. Um, they have, like, a bookcase that's just a coffin. Um, the fireplace, which is supposedly haunted, like, if you look in there, you can see, like, a devil in the woods. And, of course, I tagged it with our shit. There's a sticker in the bathroom. I'll show that story. There are other stickers in that thing. I didn't just, like, tag a random place. I just saw a place with other stickers, and I put our sticker on there. Um, uh, you added to their sticker decor. So as you're peeing in the devil's backbone tavern, um, if you're a lady or if you're a man or whatever gender whatever you gender. are, whatever toilet you, just, you happen to be using, whatever toilet, but you're in the one that says ladies, because the men's bathroom is outside because they're men that pee and men pee outside like wolves. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe not like haunted wolves. Um <laughs> But yeah, you you can see our sticker in the bathroom and uh, great experience. Uh, highly recommend it. If you're in Texas, come check it out. Uh, there's always going to be ghost hunters out there. And just, yeah, it's just a damn good Texas, like old, old honky tonk and dance hall. Nice. Yep. Awesome. That's fun. I want to go. Yeah. It was also, it was fun. And this was one of the ones that I really wanted. I had enjoyed researching because I knew about the devil's backbone. Obviously, and and like, it's so close. That always adds an extra layer of like yeah. excitement to it. Yeah. And I knew it was like, yeah, it was like, it would always say like, I've heard it's haunted and like, I heard stories, but like, I didn't really get to dig into it. And the fact that it was on like an unsolved mysteries of like 1990s, crazy. like in the 1990s, it was great. So I like it. Yep. All right. So we're going right. to go back. Yes. So now, um, yeah, this is when Sam basically tries to convince uh, Molly that they're serious about ghost hunting and she finally realizes it. And so she takes them to the cabin where she saw him standing there. um, And Sam notices that there's not a grave around there. And that's what they're really looking for. And they explain to her that she's pretty shell-shocked about the fact that they have to salt and burn his, his remains. Um, so they're going to try to find the corpse. So they're like, we got to find the wife. Cause that's how we'll figure out where the corpse is. Uh, and then Molly makes a reference calling them ghostbusters. It's pretty funny. They are not thrilled. So, uh, Dean's just really focused on the mission though. Cause they have to solve this by sunup since it only happens once a year on this one night. Um, so they go looking, um, for some other structure. And then all of a sudden she hears, uh, cause they assume there has to be another like building around there. And fucking Molly hears somebody, somebody whispering, help me. So she, of course, splits off like people like, like predictable, dumb TV stuff. Don't fucking split off guys. It's a fucking horror scene. Anyways, splitting off. Like, I'm sorry. If you're in the creepy list and you hear a voice that says, help me, you say, I'm sorry. You can come to me, but I am well, not she thinks going- it's David. She thinks it's her husband. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, random voice in the woods. I'm just saying she could have been like, Sam, Dean, come, there's a voice over here. And that would have been probably wiser. But yeah. Yeah. So of course she splits off and Greeley's spirit grabs her. And I so jumped like to the point where (laughs) Dave laughed at me. 
bad. And so all of a sudden Dean is like right there and has his um, his little uh, gun loaded up with rock salt and shoots spirit into his face. So then they're um, trying to get to the, um, they, they're trying to get to where other, 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 other property is out there because they know there's some other structure on this property and that's gonna, they think that'll have you the house which will give them the key to where this guy's buried so they can fucking get rid of his body. And Dean says, follow the creepy brick road when he finds a path, which <laughs> I found amusing myself. And um, she's trying to ask a lot of questions about the use of salt. And so, uh, yeah. Anyways, they're kind of explaining about the purity of it. So I thought it was kind of interesting that she was actually asking, like, what is this? Like, I felt like a very, I was like, that was well-written. Somebody would ask that question. That's smart to ask that. So um, they find a, a creepy abandoned house. And of course, Dean's comment is just, just one time I'd like to cross, to round a corner and see a nice house. It's like, yeah, yeah, you don't get to do that yeah. ever, do you? So they all go in because they don't find any head silence outside. So yes, creepy house. They must all go inside, obviously. That's what you do. Sam's upstairs with Molly looking for the information while Dean stays downstairs poking around. Um, upstairs is like a shit ton of paperwork and they, but Molly finds a photo album that's like a photo album of um, this guy Greeley and his wife. Um, and she's kind of looking through, there's love letters. And she's like, what if he's so nice and sweet? How do you turn into this fucking monster now? And um, Sam's kind of explaining that a, spirits are kind of like a wounded animals that can lash out, um, but something is keeping them here, whether it be revenge, love, hate, they just can't let go, whatever it might be. And so I thought it was interesting. Sam sounds actually very sorry for the spirits um, in this part, in part, this part. And he basically says they're good people that something happened to. Dean, in the other hand, says, I don't like them. <laughs> I'm not making any apologies for them. Um, so they realize though, that there's like this little like, trapped weird weird door for attic access is basically what i'll describe it as in the wall and they kick it open and there is an excessive amount of cobwebs in this room like somebody spent a lot of money at spirit halloween to put the cobwebs <laughs> in this room and uh dean says it smells like old lady in here and then they look over and they see the wife had hung herself a long long time ago. sad very sad and molly's comments well she didn't want to live without him so um, Sam is insisting on pulling her down to put her to rest. Dean's kind of like resistant, but goes for it anyways. Uh, but Molly really wants to know, and they go, and they dig that grave really fucking fast. Like they dig this grave in record time. Yeah, in the winter. In the winter. The ground would be very hard. Yeah, very hard. Frozen. Yeah, they've got like two hours till sun up a few minutes ago. And now all of a sudden they like make an entire grave in like five minutes. Anyways. Yeah, you know. But it's Molly really- Molly really wants to know though what happens to the spirit once they're at peace. Like if the spirit gets released, like if you know what, where do they go? And Dean's comment was it, it's above our pay grade. Um, and Sam was just kind of hopeful that it's hopeful that it's someplace better. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of an interesting little exchange. And yeah, uh, it's a very metaphysical conversation. It is. Like what happens when you die? I'm like, I don't know. Like well, what I mean, happens if they're, if they're getting rid of these spirits or dissipating these spirits or whatever where are they going? I mean, that is a question you would have, I would think. I think, it's, I think it's a little interesting that Dean doesn't seem to, or he plays off like he doesn't care. Well, and I thought the other interesting thing was, I think it was Dean that said, uh, dad always said, because she asked you what happens to the ones who you burn. Yeah. And basically was like quoting Beetlejuice and saying like, it's death for the living. And so then I pictured like, there's like death this, like this, yeah, there's just like this haunted, like this room of like spirits just going up like in Beetlejuice. But I mean, mm. it's, it's kind of shitty. I mean, it's like, well, I mean, then shouldn't you find another way to do this? Yeah, because like, what is it just like go like blip out of existence? That's kind of like, I don't know. That's kind of scary. But yeah, so he's like, that's where goes to, that's why they all, that's why we all fear death is because the unknown is basically the idea. So they, they, and, and they're so hurt. That's their comment is people fear death because they fear the unknown. And Molly's comment is, I just fear not seeing David again. And this is not very telling at this point. It's very sweet at this point, but it becomes very telling as we, as we get to the big review. But she also says, you know, I have to see him again, which is a weird thing to say. Like, I fear like I, like, it sounds like I have to see him again, which does kind of give hints about what's to come. Something. Yeah. There's yeah. something abnormal coming. Yeah. Um, so they have another argument. The, the brother is back in the house. She's looking at the photo album and the guys, uh, the brothers have another argument about telling her about her husband to for her own good. 
Uh, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? What do they know? And I'm kind of like, oh, they know he's dead or something. And they're just stringing her along. Were you thinking David was dead? Yeah. I thought David was dead and they were stringing her along as bait. But I also was like, but that doesn't seem right either. That doesn't seem like what would be happening. It didn't feel like that because he wouldn't just be gone with the car being gone unless they knew something. And then they would have known, then they would have known where to find the bad guy and they wouldn't have needed her to do that. So I was like, this doesn't add up. It was very, I was, I was perplexed at this point. Yeah. So she overhears them and calls them out for caring more about the hunt than her or her husband, which I mean, like, well, they've, they've been accused of that kind of shit. So not a first. But all of a sudden, the radio cuts on with House of the Rising Sun. It's just that goddamn CCR. It's just like coming in and like everywhere you go, just that um, credence. Oh, so man. you see the... Um, uh, Dean goes to investigate the radio. Sam's with Molly. And I think that like one of my other questions. So the wife hung herself, right? Is she the one that went and covered all the furniture with sheets before she fucking killed herself? Or did some like obscure family member come do that? Why do these houses always end up with someone covered all the furniture and sheets? Like who does that? I don't know. But there were also a ton of like beer bottles and other things in there. Mm. So clearly kids have been partying in there. Uh, I don't know. It is weird. But, but the kids wouldn't they- have put sheets on it. They would have uncovered it. Why didn't they just get rid of the furniture? I don't know. Is there no one like taking care of this estate? Anyways, I'm sorry. So they find the old radio He cut, and the cord has been cut, but it's still playing. And then there's a weird breeze. And then, and then we have our lavender and Ron Harry Potter moment is what I thought of immediately. <laughs> where um, it says all of a sudden there's a fog on the window and it says she's mine. Which is really funny because all I can think of is lavender on the train to Hogwarts. Breathing heavily on the window and drawing the heart with the L plus R uh, is all I could think of. So (laughs) that's my, I was cracking up at myself at that. So anyways, all of a sudden one of the windows breaks and Greeley has broken the window, which is interesting for spirit and grabs Molly. And I wrote eek because I was like, but I'm also like this dumb bitch was standing by a window while the shit was going on. Sorry, Molly. But, um, so the brothers try to chase after they can't find her and they're like still freaked about time. Um, but this is where Sam has looking at the photo album that Molly was really, really intrigued by because Molly was really intrigued by the fact that Greeley really loved his wife. And so she kept looking at this and reading these love letters and looking at these photos. That's when Sam notices that one of the pictures in there is from two weeks before Greeley died. And it's in front of the cabin that they had found him at earlier. And there was no tree in that photo, but now there is. So he reveals that it's an old custom of tree as a grave marker and Dean Dean says you're like a walking encyclopedia of weirdness and I commented goals oh it's Liz (laughs) so there we go and also like so I tried searching for this but I really didn't have a lot of time and because the thing is is that if you put in custom tree marker graveyard you just get a lot of ads for like you can plant a tree for your dead loved one and i'm like yeah. no no i want to know if this is and i'm sure i could have done further but it was not happy yeah. my duck duck go was like we're not you, we're not understanding sit. your question this is all we got yep yeah so they go back and they're like all right we, we're gonna well we see first we see molly all tied up in this in this cabin with um with Greeley and she's asking for David talking about Greeley's wife and he does a really really creepy thing right he like cuts her face and her stomach with his finger and I did not like it it made me very do you well I mean it also really reminded me I don't know if you remember that episode of Buffy where uh Dawn like wished something and then she had the demon oh it was where um Willow was manifesting things and she couldn't she was like manifested herself invisible and there was like the demon that came through and he was doing that to her to her stomach too that's oh. what it reminded me of and I was like I said I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Um, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, don't like it. Don't Maybe like it. It also, it also seems unsanitary. And like, you're just going to get a ghost infection. Like, it's like ghost bacteria is just going to like dig in there. And it's just going to like, I don't know, you can't get like a ghost, ghost antibiotics. Infection. Yeah. I mean, like, his fingernails are disgusting. You saw that table. It was covered in blood. Like, yeah, there's nothing clean about this man, especially mm-hmm. not as a ghost. No, not really. All right. So, but he's got his weird response to her. It's like, all I've got is hurting you. 
But luckily then, of course, luckily our brothers arrive and Dean shoots the spirit while Sam is digging outside. Uh, and then Molly says, oh, thank God. And Dean says, call me Dean. Uh, uh, no, mm. not a good line. Yeah. Terrible line. Terrible line. Anyways, so Greeley is really strong and they're fighting, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's pretty much like the summary there. But um, Sam succeeds in digging this hole really fucking quick. Like their grave digging skills are fucking on point. This on point. They're just like, boom, speedy, we just get this shit Speedy done. grave diggers. Speedy <laughs> grave diggers this time. Um, so he throws salt gas and their lights on fire just in time and Greeley burns up and dissipates. And so you're like, oh, that's it, right? What's wrong with this episode? That they they got the they got the spirit. But no, there's more. So they're all oh. back in baby, and she's basically it's also raining really bad. Is there like a limping to this card? I'm like, that looks really cold. Yeah. So the card magically works now. And they are, oh. she really wants to know what happened to her husband. Um, she assumes that he was dead all along and they were just kind of like stringing her along. But Sam's like, no, he's he's alive. We're gonna take you to him. Now this is the point where I'm like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> So they pull up to a house and tell her that he's inside and she sees him through the window. They show us him through the window and it's him. And he's like pouring coffee and some woman walks up and like kisses him and it's him and his wife. Also, do you wear a robe when you're around your wife? <laughs> like, I never really got that. I'm like, huh? Like I wear a robe I mean, and I'm putting on my makeup, but not I, just I wear like... a robe around the house sometimes. Okay. Babe does occasionally. Babe does occasionally. I do. Sometimes I have some nice robes. I love my robes, but I'm not just, I don't know. I just don't hang out with them. Anyways. Okay. So Sam apologizes and explains that 15 years ago, Molly and her husband hit and killed Greeley and uh, David survived, but she didn't. Oh, heebie-jeebies. Anyways. um, And that there was more than one spirit haunting the highway. So Molly is a fucking spirit. And once a year. For 15 years, her and Greeley haunt the highway. Yeah. So we're getting our sixth sense moment, right? Like the ghost yeah. the whole time is you. So were you really, so were you surprised? Like did this, did you not know? Well, I was getting there. Like by the time they were like, they're going to take her to her husband. I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. It's going to be something like that. But I didn't know for sure really until then. I'd say it's still kind of like, but it's so creepy and like, I don't know. It's creepy and sad. I, it's creepy and sad, but I also I love it. Like I, think I know it I was... loved it too. I thought it was really cool. I liked it. It was a really good twist because it wasn't like it was a really good, you know, experience of a spirit that is not trying to harm someone. And I think we needed that in the series. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I also just really like how then they go back and they show Tell everything. The whole story. They go back through it and they show you the moments and like you you can watch things again with that knowledge and be like, oh, like all of this shit makes sense now. No. Like, and then you start re- like re- like, oh, when they said this, this is really what they meant. And they of course also fill in some gaps that you know we didn't know, like that there have been 12 accidents over 15 years and five of them were fatal, which yeah. is well, that's also like, well, why aren't those ghosts haunting? <laughs> like, well, I guess they didn't yeah. have any unfinished business. But to me, it was just like, okay, so you got like five other people who are dead. Like, why are we all not like having a ghost party? Like, yeah. like why are you not hanging well, out? They were, they were at peace and she wasn't. Yeah. So basically she was just holding on all this for these 15 years because she loved her husband so much, which was sweet and sad. Um, well, but basically, I mean, so was, so so was Greeley. But so like, was Greeley because he was so mad and blamed her so much for taking his life, which and ca- it caused his wife to kill herself. Kill herself, yeah. And that's why he was mad. It wasn't really about him dying. It was about the fact that it led to his wife's death. And so- Which he, seems legit. Like, yeah, I'm pissed like, too. It's, it's, like, it's like some dark, sweet, twisted love shit in this episode, honestly. And some like just really, really deeply wounded people for very good reason. I'm not, you know, you know it was just very dark in that way but also so the had a weird is, dark sweetness to it yeah don't fall in love that, that's that's the, that's <laughs> the moral of the story <laughs> do not oh, get emotionally oh, attached to people or you'll haunt roads oh my god so basically Greeley was punishing someone for his death every year but also haunting her spirit every or like chasing her 
spirit molly also so spirit Greeley was chasing spirit molly and also just punishing somebody because he was so pissed that he was dead and um and, and the brothers really just brought molly to this point like through the whole thing as the sun is getting ready to come up so her spirit's about to go anyways um so that she could move on and she's you know scared but also because she doesn't know what's going to happen but and she also was like i want to go see him i want to go see him and they're like try to i like, had to explain to her like he's mourned you you've been dead for 15 years to him you can go we'll let you but think about it and she which i think was nice of them to say like they're like no we'll let you go but you're gonna fuck him up you will fuck him up for the rest of his life and it was really sweet and sad yeah okay so it's like nah sweet and sad and so she basically they say it's her time to say goodbye and um they believe she'll move on. So she starts walking away into kind of like the dawn, which like brightens up oh, God. the light absorbs her. Oh. That was fucking cheesy. That was almost. No, almost that CGI was so bad. It was so bad. It was awful. And like, they show it like once and you're like, okay, well that was bad. They're like, oh crap. They did it again. Like they started and there's like, oh, cool. They went back. Like that was just like a, a blip. They were like, oh crap. It was not like, good. No, that was terrible. But, it was it was not good. And we end up with Dean saying, I guess she wasn't so bad for a ghost. So maybe he's turned around a little bit from his like unapologetic ghosty attitude. So there we go. And I thought he was just so fo- well, it's interesting if you assess Dean's behavior throughout this episode, because really you just assume he's just like mission focused Dean, because sometimes he gets like that. But also it's because he really doesn't like Molly because she's a fucking spirit and he doesn't like spirits. Mm-hmm. But he also did just look, let Sam kind of run with this, right? He did. And, yeah. and I think you Sam know, they, did Sam's way. Yeah. And they, they were, you know, kind of agile in this because I don't think they were expecting to like have Molly jump in their car. I don't know what they were intending to do, but they're just like, oh shit. Like, oh, they didn't, they didn't seem it. to expect, like, the, the storyline didn't seem to expect her to jump in at all or to be directly interacting with them at all. They were just after Greeley. They just knew she was there too. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And yeah. they go into a blah, blah, blah. You go to a better place. Man. Yeah, yeah. And she goes away. So, yeah. That's the episode. Yep. That's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I think this episode was, you know, it's not one of my favorites. But it's not one, I mean, I think it's really well done. Um, I, I don't know what. It's probably my top few. I, I really liked it that much, but in a different way than some of the other ones I've liked. You know what I mean? Like the trickster one was really fucking good. Like last week was fucking good. But this one was really good in a very different way. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. Um, and I think what's interesting, so we've had like trickster and we've had this one. And so we we're still kind of veering from the seasons. Like there was no whiny Sam in this. I think which is yeah. and there was no whiny Sam in the last one. And I think not having the whininess and not having the I don't want to die. You're gonna to have to kill me. Like that shit that's been happening all season. Like yeah. it's a relief. It's just like, okay, cool. Like we can like actually get kind of back to a monster of the week, a good story, and just get some really good lore too i mean so we're getting you know we're getting people haunting roads right we're getting you know ghosts that won't move on we get a sixth sense twist that if you didn't like they did a really good job of like just railed the writer and the director both did a really good job of keeping that just it wasn't they i don't know how to put this it wasn't very obvious that they were twisting it right it was like you weren't expecting a twist like were you i mean i don't know no i mean i thought there'd be something it's like at some point you're too suspicious about where the fuck is the husband but yeah you also you, you kind of knew that but you also it wasn't quite what i expected still which i enjoyed that about it actually without it being something that jumped out or did like the weird freaky things like the weird motions i don't like <laughs> yeah no and there's some things too which i i don't they veer off from a lot of lore that typically goes with spirits right so molly but like so she never opened the car door on her own sam like because knowing what i know like i watch this kind of with that different eye right because i right. know yeah what so you're watching for all those things and i'm watching for how her spirit is doing things and so her spirit is like picking up a book and holding it like right. doing all sorts of things that well, but, then, but Greeley's like smashing out a window yeah i mean yeah, and so, I mean, I think as we'll learn as we go through, just kind of level, different levels of spirit things, but it's not typical, like, ghost behavior. Like, she was, yeah. like, sitting in a car. She was riding, like, so there was nothing in her 
persona that was ghostlike. There was nothing right. that she did that would tip you off that she was dead. Right. But I think that that was kind of, and I, and I, I agree. And I thought that was a little interesting. And I was like, wait a minute. But I felt like also that was kind of, it was, there was an implied explanation by Sam when he was basically talking about like, they can't let go. They manifest. It was implied that they manifest kind of whatever they believe to be as the spirit. Fair. That was, yeah. that was my, that was, I thought was implied once the end came around and I was reconciling all that myself. But yeah, yep. that's, that's it. So I got, we got the brothers, not neither of them were being bitches and they did a good thing and they, they did a good hunt and they did a good thing all at once. Ta-da! Yep. And, and a bitch free episode. And we got team truck. We got team, team truck. truck. Yeah. Yes. So. And you got to do a road trip for your lore. Yay. Yeah. And I got to go drink in a haunted, haunted bar. Yeah. There's worse things. There are worse things to do. And, you know, the haunted bar thing is like, oh, I should go back at night. But the, the good thing about like these weird bars in Texas is that unless you're outside, like it's very casino like. Like you go in and like there's no light in these places. It literally looked like it was nighttime like, while it was in there. And then you would go outside, like the sun's bright. You're like, oh, like, oh shit, shit it's daytime. It's still daylight. It's still daylight. Yeah, we should go when, I, when we come down next, or what is it? Almost next month, six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. whatever that is it'll be october too spooky time we'll go like some spooky ghosts spooky time all right all so right. i think let's let's wrap this up cheers yep. jerk cheers bitch thanks for listening to this week's episode of devil's trap podcast be sure to follow us on instagram devil's trap podcast twitter devil's trap pod or you can email us devil's trap at devil's trap podcast.com don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, so you can always find us at devilstrappodcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Be a Dick production. Meow. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow. Meow.